WSJM News Now. Team coverage from the WSJM Newsroom on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Residents of Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties are starting to see the benefits of efforts to expand broadband internet availability throughout the region. Midwest Energy and Communications has been laying fiber throughout the winter thanks to state and local government support. The company's Amy Pales tells us MEC has been laying fiber in rural areas east of Benton Harbor, around Orinoco Township, and in pockets of Cass County. Some projects around South Haven have been completed and more will be finished this year. So what will residents see? When you first start seeing trucks with giant wooden spools that have yellow cables wrapped around them and they're digging under the ground, that is us. And you'll see a lot of fiber spools. We also hang our fiber equipment off of electric lines, other companies' electric lines. So when we're up there doing that, you'll see that as well. Once new broadband lines have been laid, those in the area will be notified. The focus is strictly on rural communities. Our whole mission vision is to serve the people who are unserved and underserved, and we have focused on rural addresses that are outside of town areas because a lot of those people have been overlooked by other providers for so many years. Pale says MEC received a state grant of $25 million, $12 million from county and township governments, and is investing $15 million of its own funds in the project. All work will be done by 2026. You can see where and when the company will install broadband with a map at its website. Free CDL training is being offered by Michigan Works in the coming months. Vice President of Workforce Paul Kirk tells us the commercial driving license program is available to anyone age 18 or older with a high school diploma and a good driving record. It's being paid for through a grant through the Michigan Learning and Education Advance Program through the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Growth. So we won the grant and we're distributing those funds and training with our partners at LMC. Kirk says commercial truck driving is a job with strong demand and plenty of opportunities in the region. When you look at the opportunity, it crosses all demographics. And really in our region, anyone over the age of 18 who wants a a good, steady job with a nice median wage and the ability to explore a little bit, especially on those long-haul jobs, to be able to begin to explore the country a little bit. The program will be three weeks of both classroom and hands-on learning. It'll be held at the Lake Michigan College South Haven campus with cohorts starting in March and continuing through July. There are limited spaces, but that shouldn't stop someone from applying. For reference, the normal CDL program at LMC costs $4,500. Anyone interested in applying should do so at the Michigan Works website. A forum on the state of civil rights for the LGBTQ plus community is planned for April in Buchanan. The event's being organized by One Buchanan and the Out Center, and Out Center Director Mary Jo Schnell tells us there's plenty to talk about. It's an important year. It's an election year, and LGBTQ rights in the state of Michigan have come a ways, and there's still a ways to go. So it was a really great opportunity for us to help make folks more aware of where we are and where we aren't. One Buchanan decided to put on the event as part of its ongoing series of forums, previous entries of which have focused on black history and Native American issues. The group tells us they want to explore recent gains made by the LGBTQ community with the expansion of the state civil rights act. Schnell says there will be guest speakers. It'll be conversation style, so it's not going to be a formal presentation. It's going to be Jay Kaplan, who is the LGBTQ rights project staff attorney at the ACLU, and who we work with really every month in a regularly scheduled advocacy call for the state of Michigan. The other speaker will be Emmy Zanotti, the director of advocacy with Equality Michigan. Schnell says that she hears people in the community talking about making schools safe, representation in libraries, and local government issues, so she suspects those matters will be addressed at the forum. 
It'll be at the Buchanan Senior Center on Saturday, April 6th from 11 a.m. to 12.30. Registrations required for those who wish to take part. We'll have the link at our website. A $100,000 grant has been awarded to Buchanan High School for a new career and technical program equipment. Assistant Principal and CTE Program Director Mark Fry tells us the state 61C equipment grant will improve several CTE classes. We purchased a smart board for one of our design classes, a server rack for our computer programming class. We purchased some electronic equipment for our cosmetology class, and then we also purchased a large 44-inch printer for our design class. So a lot of cool items, a lot of things that are going to make awesome projects our students. However, Fry says the big purchases are a new lift for the automotive technology program and a 3D training table for the sports medicine program. Barry and Risa helped the district apply for the funds. Buchanan Community Schools has around 100 students enrolled in CTE programs. They train both at the high school and at other schools. Fry calls the grant a game changer for the high school. Edgewater Automation will host a robotics competition this weekend in Barry and Springs, set to feature 34 teams from all over southwest Michigan and the entire state. Company Robotic Technology Director Dave Goodenough tells us the first in Michigan robotics competition will kick off with a message from Edgewater President Tim Tate at 10.30 a.m. Saturday at Berrien Springs High School. He says the company wants to support robotics programs because they train students in a variety of skills that employers need. It's what we do as a business. We have machines that we build from the ground floor up. That same scenarios. We get timelines. We have all this other stuff that we got to follow. And we're wiring, we're machining, we're engineering, we're controls, hardware. Everything that goes into this robot is pretty much what Edgewater does as a business. Each team will have the robot perform specific tasks like shooting rings into receptacles. Goodenough says the winners of the competition could move on to others, depending on how they've been faring overall this year. He tells us it's amazing to see the kids in action, applying the things they've learned all year in an exciting environment. The event's open to the public, and you can also watch online on Twitch. And a state representative from northern Michigan is upset that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is considering listing lake sturgeon as an endangered species. Representative Cam Cavett says Michigan's Black Lake is one of two places in the U.S. where spearfishing lake sturgeon is allowed. 20 years ago? This might have been a good decision for the feds to come in and take over the management of our sturgeon population. But in the last 20 years, uh, Sturgeon for Tomorrow and Fish and Wildlife Service, working with Fish and Wildlife, the tribes, Michigan Fisheries, is really, we're way ahead of the ball where the rest of the country is at. Cavett suggests Fish and Wildlife get conservation programs like Michigan where it's needed. He suggests people call their representatives to stop the change from happening. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. Congress is halfway toward avoiding a government shutdown with the House approving yet another temporary spending bill. But this one's more temporary than the others, says ABC's Andy Field. For the fourth time, the Republican majority House needed Democrats to pass a temporary spending bill. It's likely they'll need that again, as many Republicans say they won't accept what bipartisan negotiators have settled. The government shutdown is not the ideal thing, but it's not the worst thing. The worst thing is keeping in place the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer policies that are destroying the country. Republican Bob Good says he's already a no on the next budget vote a week away. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Witnesses say Israeli troops fired on a large crowd of Palestinians racing to pull food off an aid convoy in Gaza City. Health officials said there were more than 100 people killed. 
That brings the death toll since the start of the Israel-Hamas war to more than 30,000. Israel said many of the dead were trampled in a chaotic stampede for the food aid and that its troops only fired when they felt endangered by the crowd. The Gaza City area was the first target of Israel's offense launched in response to the Hamas October 7th attack. Meanwhile, President Biden said he hopes to have ceasefire negotiations between Israel and Hamas and can reach a deal next week. The president spoke to reporters as he boarded Marine One on his way to Texas today. More from ABC's Karen Travers. After saying earlier this week a ceasefire in Gaza could happen by Monday, President Biden's now saying it may take longer to reach an agreement, but he didn't give a new timeline. I was on the telephone with the people in the region. I'm still... Probably not by Monday, but I'm hopeful. The president addressing reports over 100 civilians were killed in Gaza while trying to get to trucks carrying food aid. We're checking that out right now. There's two, two competing versions of what happened. Asked if that will complicate ceasefire negotiations, the president said, quote, I know it will. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. A wildfire spreading across the Texas panhandle has become the largest in state history. Authorities say the Smokehouse Creek fire grew Thursday to nearly 1,700 square miles of scorched rural ranch lands and destroyed homes. The fire has merged with another blaze and is 3% contained. Authorities have not said what ignited the blaze. It has burned since Monday and expanded in size with ferocious speed. The fire has torn through dozens of homes, and officials have cautioned that the full extent of the damage remains unknown. At least one person has died. Immigration and border security are front and center in the race for the White House. President Biden and former President Trump are both traveling to Texas today to visit the southern border. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Air Force One defended President Biden going to an area of the southern border that's currently seeing fewer migrant crossings compared to other sectors. Asked how the president would contrast his approach on border security with that of Donald Trump, Mayorkas said, This visit is focused on the work that we do not the rhetoric of others. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin faced pointed bipartisan criticism at a congressional hearing for his failure to promptly notify President Joe Biden and other U.S. leaders about his hospital stay last month. Republicans demanded to know why no one's been disciplined. Members of the House Armed Services Committee condemned the lapse as an embarrassment and a failure of his leadership. They said at a hearing today the fact that Biden was kept in the dark about Austin not being in command for days could have meant confusion or delays in military action. Austin insisted there were no gaps in control. He said changes had been made to the notification process. It was a mildly positive day on Wall Street following the latest news from the Commerce Department on the rising costs of goods and services. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The government says consumer prices ticked up another three-tenths of a percent in January. But Gene Sperling, a senior advisor to the president, says inflation is settling in to the Federal Reserve's 2% target without the country suffering major job losses. You're seeing, you know, something even better than the soft landing that people hope for. Republicans argue Biden's policies have boosted inflation. Sperling disputes that, and he says in next week's State of the Union address, President Biden will focus on his efforts to combat rising prices. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. A federal judge has blocked a Texas law that would allow police to arrest migrants suspected of entering the U.S. illegally. The decision today by U.S. District Judge David Ezra set aside for now the law that had been set to take effect March 5th. The ruling is a victory for the Justice Department. It argued the law signed by Republican Governor Greg Abbott last year was unconstitutional. The state attorney general's office says it immediately appealed. Opponents say the measure is the most dramatic attempt from a state to police immigration since a 2010 Arizona law that was partially struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court. 
And new data from the nation's most populous state shows voter turnout for next week's primaries may be low. More maybe sees Alex Stone in Los Angeles. With less than a week to go, only 6% of ballots have been returned in L.A. County and only 9% in all of California. Paul Mitchell with Political Data Incorporated says presidential primaries are usually at around 50% when it's competitive, and this year the presidential primary races are not. We would have thought that by now we'd be well over that 10% mark. He says local races matter, but don't fuel turnout and that voters are showing they just are not excited about the primaries. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles.